0: Have just been wanting to talk about the Silk Road for a while. But just like before that, uh, Brandon, uh, where are you from?
1: Yeah. So thanks, first of all, for giving me the opportunity to come and talk about Silk Road because I agree with you. It's a very interesting topic and definitely one that needs to be discussed more than it has been. Uh, But I'm Brandon from the Starting Nowhere podcast. Uh, My podcast is generally just about conversations about things that are either controversial interesting or informative and it's usually me making a ton of terrible jokes and stuttering my way through it for a couple of hours so but it's, it's been a lot of fun man and when would you start yours man uh, i started recording last i think august and i released my first episode and i released one episode a week um in october so no. i haven't not too long yeah no same
0: here man i think i started mine around the same time I've been taking breaks here and there just because, you know, life. But recently, I've been trying to get more into it. And there's just just been so many interesting topics, honestly, that's, you know, either from political, social, and even though this story is a couple years old, for the Silk Road, it's still relevant to this day.
1: Oh, absolutely. And as we kind of were talking about before we got on the air, I think Silk Road is really just... It's the same ideology you've seen happen time and time again, and will happen in the future and everything. It's just this specific incident of it and how big it got. And then it was one of the first ones that really used the dark web and Bitcoin and like so many of the new cutting edge technologies at that time, uh, that I think it's just one of the more revolutionary, if you will, uh, sites or, or marketplaces of its type.
0: Right, and for those who don't know, the Silk—we're not talking about the ancient trading route back in <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> back in ancient times. No, so what the Silk Road is was basically it was the Amazon for drugs. If you wanted cocaine, if you wanted weed, if you wanted pills, whatever it is that you wanted, all you had to do is go to the dark web, go to the Silk Road, and order it, and it will show up on your doorstep within a week. And that, that's basically what it, uh, what it all was. And the way it worked is that they used this Tor browser and also they used Bitcoin. So basically with, with Tor and, and, and Bitcoin, you're basically anonymous. You can buy anything you want, just leave reviews. And I think from the documentary I saw and the book that I read on it, it was tremendously uh, successful in a short amount of time what do you think brandon
1: yeah i mean and what's funny is when i was looking this up to do a little bit of you know refamiliarize myself with some of the uh finer points of this before we started uh recording i had no idea that the silk road was even a name of like an ancient trading route which is just <laughs> makes the whole thing all that much more ingenious right but <laughs> right but yeah to your point it, it was very very successful in a very short amount of time because people want these things you know and that's kind of the, the thing i think we'll get into here a little bit but it was something that was so successful and it shows that there's a market for this. And so does all the other, uh, iterations of drug trafficking. It shows how much people want these things. And we just continue to find ways to shut that down. And I'm just wondering how much longer we can continue to do that. Right.
0: So what do you think for the most part for you, when you think of Silk Road, what does it mean to you?
1: Silk Road to me is really something that I think, the creator uh ross albright i don't know how you say his last name really i think i've read it ninety thousand times and i don't think i've ever really heard it said but i think <laughs> it's Albright. Right? yeah um but i think it's one of those things where people start something with a, a kind of an ideology of what they want to do right but I don't necessarily buy into that and maybe I'm a skeptic that way, but I'm like, dude, you wanted to make money. And if right. you didn't want to make money, you certainly set it up so you could make a lot of money. So it seems really right. convenient so, that you like you wanted to. Right.
0: So giving a little uh, history on Ross Obrick, Ross Obrick, however the hell you say his name. Yeah. So, so he's actually from Austin, Texas. And he, he said as himself as a libertarian, and people should be able to buy whatever the hell they want. They should be able to do a lo- whatever they want, as long as they're not hurting anybody else. And what he kept on saying, like, no, I created the Silk Road because I wanted to change the world for the better. And it's like, get the fuck out of here, dude. Like, you think <laughs> honestly think giving everyday people such ease of access to drugs was going to make the world better? Get like, th- I mean, don't get me wrong. I agree with it. I think that people should be able to do what they want as long as they know what exactly is they're buying. But you're not making the world necessarily better. Not at all.
1: Absolutely. No, you know, and I... And I think, like I said, I agree with your, your, your sentiment that you're saying there too, because we have this weird relationship with being honest about wanting to make money. We always have to have some, some greater reason for doing what we do. You know, all these uh, motivational speakers are out here because they want to help people. I'm not saying that's not true. <laughs> right. But you don't charge $3,000 for your course because you want to help people because you only want to help people who have the money to be helped. No, you want right. to make money, dude. It's okay to admit that.
0: Right, right. No, I completely agree with you there. And then like, For me, the biggest thing that I got from that is that you know, a lot of times the people who want to get drugs, they have to go to not necessarily the best side of town. They have to they have to start talking to drug dealers who aren't exactly the best of people, you know. So now you have people who are upright citizens or people who would in any other circumstance would never be associated with crime, now have to be associated with crime because they want these drugs. So now instead of going to to this certain side of town or being involved with a certain uh certain uh criminals all you have to do now is to have it arrive at your doorstep i mean how is that not a win right i mean mm-hmm. if, if it's it's a win in the sense of if it's gonna happen if people want to do it they're gonna get it happen. it's going to happen whether it's legal or not i that that depends <laughs> you know it depends uh, what age we're in but it's going to happen but yeah. and another thing for me is that I always felt that if people want to digest or to take whatever it is that they want, okay, fine. But you should have a, tr- a real understanding of what it is you're putting inside your body. For me, an example for me is cigarettes. Mm-hmm. It is cl- nowadays in 2021, people know if, that if you smoke a cigarette, there is a high chance that you might get some type of cancer, lung cancer, throat cancer, whatever it might be. There is an extreme good chance that you're going to get this. And everybody knows what goes inside the, the cigarettes. They have the labels out there saying may shorten your health, all this and the other. And if you know all of these things and you still want to smoke a cigarette, hey, man, that's you. Do your thing, you know. But the problem with getting drugs off the street and it's not regulated, of course, is that these drug dealers are cutting it up and putting all these crazy amount of chemicals in this shit. Right. And it's from there, then, yeah, then people are dying because they it say it's cracked, but they don't actually know what the hell they're putting in their side, their body. Absolutely. And, yeah. And that's personally, that's always been my personal stance of drugs. Not not always, just recently, because at first I was 100 percent against drugs. But, you know, after a while, you just back to my point, people are going to do whatever the fuck they're going to do. Whether it's legal or not, they're going to do whatever the fuck they're gonna do. And in that sense, for drugs, wouldn't you wouldn't it just make sense to regulate it? Like, and so now that you've regulated it, okay, now that now these drugs need to be to a certain to a certain government standard, which means they'll be safer. At least that's how the way I think of it.
1: Right. And I, I think that we have a really weird relationship. Let's just take America, right? Um, I'll, I'll focus on my specific commentary on America because that's where I'm the most familiar because not every country is this way. But um, we have this really weird relationship with a lot of things in this country. Sex is one of them. Drugs is another, where it's really more about the morality of it than it is about the actuality of it. And we can look at something like alcohol or cigarettes being legal and marijuana not being legal, right? Um, and, or any of a number of other drugs that don't have necessarily the harsh health effects that both cigarettes and alcohol have been proven to have, you know. So it's not about what the drugs themselves are doing. It's about more the morality of it. And so people create moral campaigns based upon marijuana or cocaine or whatever else it is. And even think about it this way. Why are cocaine and crack viewed so differently? What is, they're both the same base ingredient. Now, granted, there are different side effects to the health, but we've just talked about how that doesn't really matter. It's a morality thing. And when you look at the way that the drug laws are written in this country, why is possession so much worse than possess Excuse me, possession with the intent to distribute so much worse than possession? Right. Because generally speaking, we're talking about laws that are hurting people who already don't have a lot of money, who don't have a lot of opportunities in life. When you're talking about drug dealers, generally speaking, they don't come from great backgrounds. Right. Some of them do, you know. Of course, there's always going to be the kids in college and stuff who are selling drugs and stuff. But um, you're, you're talking about. The people who don't have a lot of opportunities and so they resort to selling drugs to try to make money or because it's a quick way to make a lot of money or something like that. But for the people who actually come there, their clients, they not, they're not prosecuted the same way. And so then you get somebody like uh, uh, Ross, excuse me, I'm forgetting his name now, uh, who starts something like Silk Road, which is basically democratizing this entire process. Now, like you said before no one has to go to the the shadier parts of town to do this. You're also making it where you can get whatever you want. And then one of the ways that these people are going to continue to make money is by having a good product. So yes, you don't know exactly what you're putting in your body because it's not regulated and government regulation and a lot of these things should really happen. But in something like Silk Road, you're kind of letting capitalism take over for that. Because I, I, again, I don't know anything about Silk Road and it wasn't on there when it was live and I haven't seen like a lot of screenshots or anything about it now, but- If somebody on Silk Road is a bad dealer, they have bad product and they they either don't ship what they said they were going to ship or it's bad, it's killing people. Like there was ways to shut that down. It's a lot better than you only have one guy in your neighborhood who sells this thing. So you're going to go to him no matter what the experience is like, because you're addicted to drugs. You know what I mean? Right. So I I agree with you 100% that the government needs to really stop thinking about the morality of it and think about what you want to happen. Do you want people to be dying from drugs? If you don't, the way to minimize that is going to regulate it, is to control the distribution of it a lot more. Because telling people they can't have it has never worked for anything. Prohibition didn't work. You know, sending uh, uh, your children to Catholic school so they don't have sex doesn't work. We cannot use abstinence as the methodology by which we try to control these things. It's not effective. And all we're doing is making ourselves feel better and winning those moral wars so people will vote for us in the next election. It does not help the actual
0: problem. Right. And for me, another thing that makes a Ross Ulbricht so unique also is that on his website, he was really, really interactive with mm-hmm. his community. I mean, even on his stage name, basically, or his uh, online name was the Dread Pirate Roberts from The Princess Bride. Basically saying, you know, if anything ever happens to him, he ever dies or... He goes to jail okay it's fine somebody else is going to take the torch somebody else is going to take the title of it right and it would just continue on and on and on and so for people who don't know he was arrested and but the circumstances of his arrest are so so shady so i think he got i think it was like 20 years for just creating the the, the website silk road but then he got i think two more life sentences on top of that because he was, he, he contracted somebody, quote unquote contracted somebody for a hit on one of his fellow on one of his co-workers. But the thing is, that hit was a fake. It was FBI age. it was crooked FBI agents who hoaxed this whole thing. They said, basically said, Hey, we have one of your coworkers, your co-worker, he, he's gonna rat you out. You want me to take a hit on him? This is the FBI asking Obrick this. He said, you know what? He said, yeah, sure. Take him out. And they faked the crime scene. They faked the drowning. They sent pictures to him. And then after that, they used that in court because like, hey, look, he asked for somebody to take a hit a hit on this person. And it was, quote unquote, committed. But it was a fake hit. It was an FBI agent just trying to ensnare him. And people are saying, like, well, how, how, is that even fair? I mean, that's entrapment. I mean, this situation, he would have never been in that situation if you—if it was never artificially created by these FBI agents. But people are, it's just, and it's a big controversy right now. because So that's the big thing that's really holding him. Because of those, he, he decided to take a hit on his co-worker that now he's still in jail and might probably will be there for the rest of his life because of those artificial hits that never even happened. What do you think about that?
1: I think that is further evidence that the government can move around laws and set precedents and all these different types of things when it's convenient for them to do so. Um, I also think it shows how flexible the applicable, excuse me, how flexible you can apply the law depending on what you want to do, because you're right, that sounds directly like entrapment now without studying what defense was represented uh excuse me what def- defense attorney represented him and what what they used to try to uh thwart that and everything i don't know exactly how why that stuck because it seems one entrapment 101 right but i i think that when you're looking to take someone down you sometimes look to make an example of them because to your point you didn't need the hit you had them on all these other things so why are you right. setting that up there's no reason to do that unless again you're trying to make sure that this person can never see the light of day you're trying to control the situation in such a way that is not what police officers are supposed to do fbi officers uh, excuse me fbi agents are supposed to do it doesn't make a lot of sense and so what you're looking at there they only tend to do things like that in times of where their fear that this is going to be something of a revolution that what he has created if he has not made an extreme example of it that he's not taking out of the picture completely uh that you're gonna have more of these things type kind of pop up and to your point when he's talking about dread private roberts and everything that means that they are worried about that actually happening they were concerned that that could come to fruition if they don't make him such a pariah if you will that they won't ever be able to do this because you already had him on all this other stuff that extra little piece of the the attempted murder or the fact that he tried to uh, um, take out a hit on somebody doesn't really help your case what did you need that for People right. do that every day. They get mob guys on that all the time. It doesn't really help the right. case. And, and you know that's another thing. Like
0: he's isn't a mob boss. He isn't a quote unquote drug lord. He's not a chapel. He's a kid from Austin, Texas, who never had a who never had a, a speeding ticket on his record. Like what? Like, and you're giving him a life sentence. Well, I get I get it. He created his criminal enterprise and everything. But at the same time, he had did nothing prior to this. He wasn't. He had, he had no nothing of violence happened. He had no evidence of violence in his history. And now because of this artificial situation that you put him in, now he said that, yeah, do this. But again, that situation would have never, would never happened if you didn't offer it. It just seems insane.
1: But-, but let, me, let me just ask you a question really quick too, because I think this will kind of explain my, men, my mentality and where i build all this from too. Do uh, you believe that drugs have ever been sold on Facebook? Absolutely. So why isn't Mark Zuckerberg in jail for life? You're creating the platform that is allowing people to do these things. You're telling me that that doesn't, that's not the same legally speaking as what uh, Silk Road did. Now, granted, I'm being hyperbolic here and I'm, I'm painting a lot of pictures that wouldn't probably hold up in court, but that's the point. You're looking at somebody who created a website. What other system are we looking at where they create a website and they create these tools to do these things that are held accountable for what happens on those actual platforms? There's a lot of discussion about that right now right. with uh, social media and, and people's misinformation and like all this other stuff and the capital riots, all that stuff, right? They're, they're talking right now about, oh, well, why can't, we, uh, why can't we hold those people accountable for this type of stuff? Well, legally speaking, you can't. And so how were they able to do it for him? That's another question that I would have about that and where I talked about before how flexible it is how you want to apply the law what precedent you're trying right. to set
0: well i think in that case i think the, the main difference is that facebook was meant to connect people and
1: this was literally meant for dr- for drugs i think right that's- but that's not a that's not a law if you create a system saying that uh and then people end up selling drugs on it you you created the system now in this particular case and this may again be where some of the, the finer points come in he did sell drugs on his own platform which stupid i don't know why you do that are you are you the tech guy or are you a drug dealer what are you doing you know what right. I mean. but he did sell mushrooms i think uh like when he first he was like the first person to sell on the <laughs> yeah. site so
0: yeah it's ridiculous but i mean to me it all comes down to the point of should people be able to do what they want as long as they're not hurting anybody else and you know as long as they're not hurting anyone else hurting anyone else's happiness if they just want to buy drugs for themselves then who are you to stop them? You know, unless it's something like you take it and you're, and you're going to die immediately, like that very, that very second. But if you're doing recreational things, that people don't know what's going on in your life. People don't know what kind of shit that's going on. So why not do these things? Why should the government decide what's legal and not legal? I mean, it's going back to prohibition, going back. How many people are still in jail for weed, Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's ridiculous. And honestly, it, it all seems just because they can't, they know, they truly cannot control that market. And it just seems like such a silly thing to me, like people who aren't going to do, I'm not saying uh, everybody do drugs, I personally, I, I don't do that. It's not my thing. But just because I don't do it doesn't mean that I believe that every, every single human being should hold themselves up to my standards. That's not what I'm saying at all. It's just do what you believe, do what's best for you as long as you're not hurting anybody else, you know?
1: And again, I'm right there with you. Uh, I, I personally do not partake in drugs, but I drink alcohol. So what if they t- come tomorrow and say that alcohol is illegal? Do you think that I'm going to stop enjoying wine or whiskey or beer or whatever? No, I'm probably <laughs> going to start hiding it. So I, this is where I go back again to it's the morality of the things. Because- right weed is just now starting to enter you like uh where people accept that it's okay to do like grandmothers i imagine there's still a lot of the 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 boomers out there who probably are like no what are you doing out there you you deadbeat why are you smoking weed and everything like that because that's how they were raised so i mean going uh going
0: back to your point of the morality thing going a little bit off topic that's how i feel honestly about abortion Mm -hmm. you know people are people want to do it for the morality thing no save the baby save the baby well shit there's like thousands of kids in the foster system you want to save the babies go start with them but in the sense of if people want need want or slash need to get an abortion they're going to do it whether it's in a clean hospital setting in a, in a doctor's room or in an alleyway with a coat hanger pick but it's going to happen yeah and, and absolutely and in that sense why would you not want to regulate this? Because, like again, it's a choice. It's a choice. People are doing this off morals versus like not looking at reality. Like the rich people are going to get abortion because they're going to fly to Costa Rica. They're going to fly where the or somewhere in Europe, wherever the hell it's legal. That's where they're going to do. Mm-hmm. But the poor person who can't who can't afford that, whether the what? You're just stuck with your baby just because. That's no, that's bullshit. It's. There shouldn't be so many rules. They should, shouldn't should regulate a person's life. It's your personal choice. Do what you want to do. And that's how I feel in general about a lot of things.
1: But yeah, and I'm right there with you. Like I said, and to, and which is pretty uh coincidental about this conversation, is that was supposedly what his whole thing was. You know, it's just libertarians believing like ultimate freedom and not the government shouldn't be able to regulate all these things. And so he claimed that's why he did it. But at, at the end of the day, I think what we're looking at is at what point do we push the government to be the government that we want? Because this is a country of laws, but it is also a country that is created by the people who are in it. We vote on a vast majority of the things that we do. And if we don't vote directly, then we vote for the people who do. And so we have to continue to push our government in such ways that causes those things to happen. And that's why, again, going tangential to this, to, uh, just like you did with abortion, Edward Snowden. Look what happened with Edward Snowden. Because of Chelsea Manning, because of what Chelsea Manning had done with coming out about a lot of the, uh, I believe army um, stuff that had going on, Edward Snowden saw that and he says, all right, well, I can't come out and stay here. I have to come out and get the hell out of Dodge because I know that if I stay here after I reveal what I'm gonna reveal, they will put me in jail. They will ruin my life and they will take me down. So he did it a smart way. He released it as he was getting on a plane or however the actual thing went down. <laughs> you know, I wasn't there, but he does it and gets out of Dodge. And now he's able to still speak about the things and still live some kind of life while also being a whistleblower. Now, I don't know when we'll ever acknowledge him as a whistleblower, because I think he's still considered a treasonous person. Or I,
0: I honestly cannot believe like, out of everybody who should be pardoned, mm-hmm. I, Edward Snowden should be pardoned. He is a He is a whistleblower. He told everybody the horrible, the, the, the horrible thing that the United States government was doing spying on the American people. Mm-hmm. And he said, hey, this is what they're doing. And and the government just got mad at him because he exposed it. It was like, that's like that's illegal. Like, hold on. Like at this point, let now let's bring in morality, right? Like, yeah. hold on, <laughs> Now we need to bring in morality
1: on, on this. And morality is always flexible depending on who applies it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. But honestly, I think I personally think that Edward Snowden is an American hero.
1: Absolutely. And, no. I, and I don't see how if you look at what the forefathers wrote, Benjamin Franklin and all those different people, Benjamin Franklin is called up specifically because of his particular uh, um, speaking about security and privacy and all those type of things they would absolutely want to give him the Medal of Freedom, I think is the highest civilian medal you can give. They would absolutely want to award him with everything you can because he saw what the government was doing is wrong. Not that the government is doing it and so it's okay. It's just wrong morally. It's wrong. It's against the foundation of this country. It's against all these different laws and everything. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call them into uh, the office, if you will, to let them atone for what they've done. We would have never known anything about that. Now, Granted, we've been joking about that for many years, but how many people thought that was actually true? Exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, I there's a quote from uh, from Marvel Comics from Captain America. And there's a part where he denounces his American citizenship. hmm And people and the gov- and the government and the president are asking, What are you doing? Like you're Captain America. Like, how can you denounce your American citizenship? And and he said very clearly, I am not the I am the enemy of the American government. I am not the enemy of American principle. This America is not the America it was back in my day. This is not the America that I fought for. I, I believe in the American in American liberties and Amer, in American values. And what you guys are doing right now does not set up to those standards. And that is why I'm giving it up. And it's, even though it's just a you know, comic book, to me, it's, it's such a powerful quote. You know, the person who was Captain America decided to denounce his citizenship because America, he signed up for the certain values and liberties of America. And at some point in the comic books, they were not living up to those liberties and those values. And so now we need to hold them accountable for this. And that's honestly what I think about Edward Snowden. I mean, he grew up in a military family. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he tried to uh, sign up for, for special ops. He was yeah. living in, Ho- in Hawaii, making great money, and he threw all that away because of principle. I mean, if that's not the definition of bravery, I don't know what the hell it is. What the hell is? Yeah.
1: Absolutely, and I'm a military veteran myself. And so, what I can say is that I've seen tons of people I know who came back from Iraq or Afghanistan or way back, you know, go a little bit further back, Vietnam, who did the same thing. Essentially, they're like, "Why are we doing this to our people? Why are we in these places? Why are we sending our young men and women to these places to become injured and come back and all this?" So you see that that the people who serve this country in the various ways that we do, uh, you know, like Edward Snowden or special forces or whoever the people out there are they come, they have every right to question the country. They've given blood, they've given their time there. And like I said, Edward Snowden may not have uh, served in active combat, but he can never come home and see his family again. He can never do it. And for what he believed is right. You know what I mean? And and that's part of the thing. I'm surprised to be honest with you, you just get a a smidge more political if we can for a second. I am a little bit surprised that President Trump didn't pardon him. That seems like a total move that he would have done that would have, Bought, uh, got him a lot of good press. And I don't think there's a lot of people out there. I don't know. I, I don't want to speculate too much, but it just seems like the public opinion on Edward Snowden is relatively positive. I don't think a lot of the public sees him as an enemy. I think a lot of the government entities do, but I think the public at large goes, no dude, what the heck? I mean, he, he came and he told us all this stuff was going on and we needed to know that. Right. I mean, basically what he, and another thing that he did
0: is that after, uh, I don't remember this, but I saw this in the documentary. Is that after he released what he released, all the government officials are saying, "Oh yeah, so many American lives are going to be destroyed by this. So many American lives, the soldiers are going to be killed for over the information he did release, even though yeah. he specifically made sure that any any operate any operations that were out in the field, he made sure to leave those out mm-hmm. when, when he released it. So I think when after after so many years they tallied it up, they couldn't find a single American life that was Was that died because of the information that Edward Snowden released? They just did this as a cover up to scare people. You know, this is bullshit. Like no, he and the best for me, the best part about he just released it to the to the people and to let the people decide what needs to happen. Mm -hmm. And if they say I need to go to jail, okay, well that's what it is. If they decide to fight against, okay, let's get the conversation started. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, that's that's one, well, one thing that brings me back personally for Ross Ulbricht. I was like, yeah, like, on, like, I think, was it uh Utah or Colorado that legalized everything or something like that?
1: Uh, well, I know Oregon has. I don't Oregon, know if Oregon, Oregon is the only state that legalized everything right. or decriminalized. That's, I'm not sure if it's legalized or decriminalized, but nonetheless, you, you can do everything there and have very, very low penalty.
0: Right. And honestly, that's, to me, that's a step in the right direction.
1: Absolutely.
0: And it's, again, like I personally don't partake in any of that stuff, but I think it should be regular, like anything else, like, yeah, like, I drinking and driving. I don't think you should smoke weed and drive. And I think it should be like breathalyzers to see, okay, like, hey, like you're under the influence and smoke and doing a, like a heavy, heavy duty equipment. Like, yeah, you shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. Get a fine or whatever might happen from that. But mm-hmm. the same things that they do with alcohol, they should do that for every other drug. Yeah, of course, of course, there's going to be um, backfires to this, right? There's going to be people dying or whatever it might be, but I think it all comes down to me as a personal choice. Personal choice is so important. If you decide to take a drug and you know everything that's inside that drug and you know the side effects of that drug and you still decide to do it, that's on you. Whatever happens, good, bad, in the middle, that's on you, but you deserve to have that
1: choice. I, I think we, we've gotten to a place for the, and I shouldn't say gotten to, because I I don't know a time that has existed that it wasn't this way, but where we believe freedom is only our vision of it, what we choose to do. That's why we're regulating drugs. That's why we're regulating you know, who can get married. We're regulating uh, abortion, we're regulating all these things. Because we don't believe in the true concept of freedom in a lot of ways. We believe in freedom in exactly the way that we want it to be. And that's a part of the problem. And so when you look at something like what Ross did, do I believe that Ross deserves to go to jail? Yes, only because I do believe that when laws are in effect, if you disobey them, yes, you're going to go to jail. That's just the reality of the world. I don't think there's any way around it. Does that make laws just? No, it doesn't. Right. I don't believe in the laws that he was uh, violating in a lot of ways, but they existed. I can't just say oh, well, because I don't believe in these particular laws, you you don't have to go to jail. But what I am saying is that you can look at what he did and start to commute his sentence. You can look at what he did and go, oh, well, we're legalizing a lot of these things anyways. And like, they need to be doing that right now. Like, how are people still in jail? And you made this point earlier. How are people still in jail for weed when weed is being legalized so many places? How is that fair? How does that make sense to you that I'm in jail for life potentially for, for weed or cocaine or whatever the drug you sold is. And now people are able to do the same thing that I got put in jail for out on the street. It's no longer legal. It's like, if we just legalize murder, you know what I mean? right. just, and they're like, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Like how can you hold people accountable for these things that are no longer illegal? They're still serving time for things that are no longer legal. They should be looking at commuting all those sentences. And for people like Ross, you should start to really question, what are we doing here? Look at the cost, both literal in a fiscal uh, sense, and then also in the life sense and all the different things it's done on the war on drugs. And are we winning? Is it effective? Right. So what are we doing? Why are we doing all this and putting these people in jail who are creating a safer system that you're not doing? You are killing more people with the war on drugs than Ross ever did with, by creating that website. Yet he's the one who's in jail for double life. Right, exactly.
0: And again, like the thing... and the things you could learn from someone like that because he learned coding on the fly mm-hmm. he created this website on the fly like gee the potential this man has why are we just
1: aren't are we, are we, Why are why are we using him for something oh i imagine they probably again let's go small conspiracy theory here not like big conspiracy theory, but i imagine <laughs> with people like that you know exceptional prisoners if you will which uh I would debate whether Ross himself is exceptional because I think that a lot of the people I know, software engineers, could do what he did pretty easily. <laughs> right. but, but I just think that they have to work with somebody like that. They have to use the skills of that person for some purpose. And maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe they're trying to hold him in prison and make his life miserable enough that he agrees to work with them or something like that. I don't know. But I do think that putting people like that in jail who obviously looked at a, a marketplace and said, there's something here that people want. That is the very core concept of capitalism. We claim to be yeah. a capitalistic society, yet we're trying to restrict people who are giving people what they want. You, Like you said before, if people want it, they're going to get it. And here's the thing about capitalism. If somebody wants it, somebody's going to find a way to make money off it. And that's yeah. exactly what happened.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. And it's it just brings up a really great debate of how much control should the government really have over your daily life?
1: Absolutely. And I... Uh, I think not only how much control the government should have over our daily life, but what things should we be able to directly vote on? Because right now we have more of a, and I am not a political science major by any means, so I'm gonna probably use some improper terms. So please, whoever hears this, come to my Facebook page later and berate me accordingly. (laughs) But we have like a a republic, right? Where we're represented by the officials or whatever. We don't vote directly on a lot of things other than like the people who get elected. We don't vote directly on laws. We don't vote directly on Supreme court findings or anything like that. But some of those things I think we should have, this should be one of them. If you want to tell me, oh, well the public doesn't want drugs, they go, all right, Prove it. Put it to a vote. Right. Let's go out here. Let's, no, no gerrymandering, no anything. Just say yes, no. One thing that everybody in the country who is 18 and above or heck 10 and above, I don't care, uh, uh, can vote on and then tell me. And then you have to live with that. I think that's what we should do. It's not necessarily about how much control the government has day to day. Why aren't we voting on anything directly? There should be certain policies that we have a direct voting system on. It's getting out grin. I don't want to deal with the logistics of that. I just like to right, spend right. a lot of ideas on a podcast. But, but <laughs> I, I do think that that's one of the ways you fix things like this. Because, again, if you're telling me drugs need to be illegal, let me vote on it. I bet you it passes like 60-40 at least. I, right. I, I would almost guarantee it's going to pass 60-40.
0: Right. And like, honestly, again, like the guy, he doesn't have a violent history. Not at all. So I, for me, that was, that was a point of jails in my head. For criminals and people who are very violent and need to be taken off the street for the for the public that's but a person like that who it just it doesn't make sense to me other than he they're just using him as a scapegoat or they're just trying to make him uh, use him as an example to, to show you but hey if, you, if anybody else does this this is what's going to happen to you which is honestly just silly because you're mad because technology is constantly moving forward and I'm sure there's not just one silk road anymore. Now, because of that, I'm sure there's thousands, hundreds of thousands of things, just like it. Mm-hmm. And I think they're just upset that he opened that door. That now you don't have to go to a certain part of the street that you don't even have to make deals with the drug lords or anything like that. You could literally just uh, as a, just like uh, Amazon, a click and it'll be at your doorstep within a week.
1: And go on. Oh, sorry. So I was just, I just yeah, two points that I had really quick. I'm gonna to go to the one that is more uh, is more on subject first, just because the other one will get me on a small soapbox, and I'll try to control <laughs> myself. But it's one of my favorite things to really talk about. But so one of the things that you see in other countries, and you see in even I think they have there's some here in the states, um, is where they treat drugs like a public health thing, and so they'll actually have like places where you can go where medical professionals are there and you could do your drugs in the care of medical professionals. So they're ensuring that people are safe. They're ensuring that you're not spreading uh, diseases by using needles with other people and stuff like that. And those have been extremely effective, but we don't want to do that. We want these people to die off and stuff like that. And we want them to share needles, which only creates another problem. Now there's AIDS. Now there's any mm-hmm. other uh, disease that can be spread that way. So I think that's one thing that we have, to I think we should really look at is like you said, we need to make sure that we're giving people who want these things to push one button and come to their door, give them a place to do so safely and make it safer for everybody in, at large. And then two, a comment you made there before is, we don't have jails or prisons in this country in so much as we're supposed to have a correctional system. The idea is to correct these individuals, correct their behavior, and then send them back out in society. But we don't do that. We do not have any kind of system in place for most of these people to actually be better members of society when they come back out. What we do is we create career criminals because once you have a felony, which is surprisingly easy to do, depending on where your state, uh, what your state laws and everything are, you can get a felony pretty easy. Now you can never vote again. Now you can't own a gun. You have to, a lot of, in some states, it's legal for them to ask when you're applying for a job whether you've had a felony. So you can't do anything. What else are you going to do? You can't get any jobs. You can't vote. You have no real like desire to be a member of society because every, everywhere you go, they're telling you you can't. So are you going to go back to crime? Because you're not just going to die. That's one of the things that's really weird about the way we treat laws. We act like if we write a law that we just expect people to die instead of breaking the law. No, they're going to break the law. You're creating criminals by doing these stupid systems. And then you don't have a correctional uh, system, which you call it correctional system. You call it CC and everything like that. But it's not. You put those people in there. You treat them like animals. And then you... Give all kinds of people PTSD, you institutionalize their thinking and all these types of things, and then you send them back out in the street and wonder why the recidivism rate is so high. It's ridiculous. The one thing that we need to really be looking at, in my opinion, or two things rather, sorry, is treating drugs like public health, which is what they are, and then two, create an actual correctional system program. Uh, What is it, Sweden or Norway or some of those other... Uh, systems where they actually they generally speaking improve people's lives by putting them in prison they give them some kind of education they give them counseling like therapy because a lot of these people who do these things they have all kinds of traumas from their childhood and everything like that deal with that make them a better person and send them out in society and look who ross neck now instead of a silk road he's inventing the next amazon like you said don't right we want amazon to have competition don't we want to uh, exactly take down that monopoly well look here's a guy who maybe could have done something to that effect
0: yeah no for sure and I think that's a really good point to leave. Is there anything left you want to leave? Uh, a last little statement you want to leave for, for our listeners?
1: Um, somebody out there needs to create a velvet road, not because I want drugs, but just because I like the name Velvet Road. <laughs> But no, no, that's that's about the last thing I've got. That
0: just sounds nasty to be honest with you. I don't
1: I don't know why to know what's on the
0: Velvet Road.
1: Like, it does, you, know it does. you don't you don't go to Velvet Road for the same items, I feel like, but it'd be really fun. Silk Road sounds way too smooth and like gentle. Velvet Road sounds like, what? Like, what's going on know. here? I don't I don't know, but it's like a grandfather website or something like
0: that. <laughs> I don't know. When I think of Velvet Road, the first thing that pops into mind, like, oh like you're nasty like, like, you, be, like that's what I, you know like the adult store with, a, with the beads on like oh like all right like you're yeah, yeah you're trying to get like a, a, a life pillow of, of tinky winky or some kind of weird <laughs>
1: shit like that like whatever I, like whatever <laughs> I feel like this clip right now of me saying the road and talking like it's going to be played at a trial at some point <laughs> 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 Oh, i'm like getting it. entrapped right now great so this was fun uh i look forward to serving life in prison it's gonna be fun
0: <laughs> hey don't worry i'll bring you your tinky wiki pillow for, for your velvet
1: road <laughs> if you think i won't make one myself you're <laughs> sadly mistaken you know? <laughs> so anyway but no i i that's that's it man like i said thank you for the conversation thanks for uh let's get in a dive into this and going on some tangents with me and stuff like that too because like i said silk road uh, edward Snowden, all these things we've talked about are very very they're very interesting things to talk about, but they're also, I think some of the things that are going to shape the future for this country. And I, I really hope we go the right direction with them. Perfect.
0: Same here, man. I hope, I think, I should, I think Edward Snowden should be pardoned first, but after him, mm-hmm. hopefully maybe not pardoned, but hopefully Ross Ulbricht does get a lighter sentence because the guy, the guy created Silk Road when he was 26, he was 31. When he got arrested, he doesn't deserve to spend the rest of his life in jail over this especially since now society is kind of uh, making a making a turn towards that area but absolutely but, all right man thank you for uh, thank you brandon for coming on the show i really appreciate it man
1: absolutely thank you so much and for anybody else who wants to hear me ramble about other nonsensical topics come check me out at starting nowhere on youtube or spotify or any of the places you listen to your podcasts. all right take care man all right take care boss
0: That's it for today, guys. If you like this episode, make sure you hit that follow button and share with your friends on social media. Uh, you can follow me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and follow me on Instagram that at mid-midd.le of the aisle. At l e of the aisle at dot L-E of the aisle Again, I'm your host, Jimmy Garza. And welcome to the middle of the aisle. See you guys next time. Later.